Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Very, very good. Well, welcome aboard, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. And it is a gorgeous day out there here in um, South Central Alaska. Check out the newsletter this morning. If you don't subscribe, um, go to our Facebook page a little bit later on today where I will post it. I'll post the newsletter and then you can subscribe from there. And uh, you can also subscribe over at www.mustreadalaska.com and, uh, and sign up and get it in your inbox. We've got about 10,600 subscribers and I love every single one of you and appreciate you reading the Must Read Alaska newsletter. So today we've got a pretty big show, John Quick. I see you're over there in the Kiski House, everything on the Kenai Peninsula today. Going good. We had a big uh, outdoor sportsman show at our huge rec center uh, here on the peninsula and all the politicians were here. Most of the politicians were here. So it's fun for um, folks on the Kenai Peninsula to um, you know, I, I don't know if, if they do this in other states where you can, you know, just show up to some random sportsman outdoor show and, and hang out with candidates that are actually running. So that's one thing I like about Can Alaska is that, you know, candidates, it's not a big deal to show up to that kind of stuff. So I think it's fun for folks on the peninsula to have an opportunity to interact with people that are either elected or running. And um, whether you whether you're going to vote for somebody or not, you can sit there and ask them as many questions as you want. And uh, I, I think that's a positive thing. So we, I didn't go to it this year, but I've heard, I've heard from folks who did and um, it turns out it was a great event. So it was a, it was a big turnout. So I, I, I did a walkthrough and there were a lot of candidates. There were Tuckerman Babcock. There was um, uh, Nick Begich. And uh, I saw Ron Gillum, who's our state representative, saw a bunch of them. And then I went up to Palmer and I went to the Airmen's show up there and walked around. I, I know Kelly Chewbacca, who was running for uh, U.S. Senate, was up there. I did not see her there, but I, I ran into a Washington Post reporter while I was there. And he's uh, he's he's hot on the trail. In fact, he's going to be up in Fairbanks today. But let's just thank Charlie Pierce for governor for sponsoring our show today. We really appreciate the support we get from Charlie Pierce for Governor campaign. Um, he's our first sponsor of our show. We've been up for about a year and a half and he's, he joined us as a sponsor in March. Really appreciate you, Charlie Pierce for Governor. And it was good seeing you the other day in Kenai. We have a special guest with us today. I don't want to delay. So I, I'd like to just welcome Santa Claus to the show. Santa is running for US House for the state of Alaska. Welcome to the show, Santa Claus. Thank you, Suzanne and John, for having me on here on Must Read Alaska. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to have you on. And, and um, I know that you told me the other day that you have done 17 podcasts. And I don't know if, those, if that's recently. Uh, is that just like everybody all of a sudden wants you on their show or what? Yeah, I think probably in that sector, word is getting around. And um, I'm pretty good humored about stuff. So I think a lot of the hosts are pleasantly surprised. Right, right. Well, and, and it's, it's well fitting for your for your name. I just want to um, tell uh, listeners a little bit about you and have have you describe your bio to them a little bit. 
Now, now just to, to set the, the framework here, there are 48 candidates on the special election ballot for House. It is a fascinating thing that we're going through right now because we, we have not um, had a congressman other than Don Young since 1973. And the, the congressman we had before that was uh, Nick Begich the first. But uh, we are having our first, it's a special election because we have to have a replacement for him that fills out the rest of his term. This is a different race than the regular race for Congress, which happens regularly every two years. This is a special race. This is a race that, that whoever wins it is just going to be congressperson for about, well, September, October, November, December, and half of January until the next person is sworn in. So Santa, you have filed for this race, not the regular one, just for the fill in and finishing out Don Young's term, correct? Correct. Great. And I just want to make sure that everybody knows that Santa is is looking to fill in the shoes of Don Young. And let's talk a little bit about your bio before you came to Alaska, um, before you became notoriously known as the Santa Claus of North Pole, who also happens to be on the city council up there. Where did you come from? I came from the uh, Northeast. I grew up over there, uh, mostly in New York City and also parts of Connecticut. I was in boarding school there and upper middle-class family, really closely knit, enjoyed the holidays, celebrations. We did enjoy Christmas. Um, My siblings mostly around the East Coast now and uh, worked my way west. I lived in nine different states. And when I was in New York City, you talked about the background just a moment ago. I was, special assistant to the deputy police commissioner of New York City, also was a member of FEMA's National Defense Executive Reserve while I was director of the Terrorism Research and Communications Center, also was chief of safety and security U.S. Virgin Islands Port Authority. And I earned my bachelor's and master's degree at New York University where I finished my uh, doctoral coursework in educational communication and technology. And when I moved West, uh, first to Colorado up in Telluride, beautiful place. Then Park City, Utah, another beautiful place, mostly ski towns. Um, Then uh, Lake Tahoe, another ski town way up in the mountains. I was doing a lot of child advocacy, uh, even in law enforcement, you see a lot of children falling through the cracks and social services uh, don't necessarily cover all the bases and they're not that well-knit as far as providing services to children, in my, in my opinion, vulnerable children in dire straits. So um, all that kind of came together when I moved to um, Lake Tahoe. And in 2004, I grew out my beard. This is how I grew out, nice and white and bushy. And uh, people said, oh, you gotta do the Santa thing. So uh, I did for, you know, volunteered for about 30 nonprofits around the lake, it's a huge lake. and. Uh, I was well received and that February I was walking to the post office in the snow and on the ice and this uh, I was praying as monks tend to do I'm also a monk in real life Um, and I was praying what should I do with this appearance how can I use it to benefit the greatest number of children so right after my prayer right I mean like 20 seconds later this uh, white car came up the road towards me its windows were open so I kind of glanced over and it was really cold outside so I was surprised about the windows being open and right after my prayer and right as the car went by a male voice said Santa I love you Mm -hmm. and the car just kept going never saw it again never found out who said that 
and I took it to heart. And the next day went to the county clerk there and started the legal name change process. So that's gross oversimplification of the pre-Santa and Santa years, and then went from uh, Lake Tahoe. I was having a lot of success reaching uh, state and federal legislators at Santa Claus from Lake Tahoe to talk about child health, safety, and welfare, you know, bills that are pending or getting to draft a bill or co-sponsor a bill, pass a bill, et cetera. And I figured, well, having success with this is Santa from Lake Tahoe. What if it were Santa from North Pole, Alaska? So I did my research and moved up here, landed on my feet. My first little part-time job was, because monks, we live in a vow of poverty. So my first little part-time job was the senior ranger at the Chena Lakes Recreation Area, which is right near North Pole, uh, not too far from Fairbanks. So I uh, did that. Then people said, uh, why don't you uh, run for the North Pole Chamber, Community Chamber of Commerce, which I did, became president. I left that better off than when I found it. and. People then said, well, why don't you run for city council? And I did, and partly due to name recognition, I'm sure. Um, I got on to city council, uh, did a three-year term, and took a year off, and I was appointed to the uh, Alaska Public Broadcasting Commission because I've also run a radio and television station in the past. And uh, did that and went back on city council for another three-year term. So people must kind of like what I have to say here. I try and find common ground with as many people as possible. I think that's what all uh, legislators and candidates should do if they can. Some people have to get for it, some people don't. So um, I make an effort to do that. And that brings us up to today. Oh, that's right. awesome. <laughs> John, you have so, any questions? Yeah, so one of the things I appreciate that I read about you, Santa, and you could uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is you're spending $400 on your campaign. You're not running any ads. Uh, you're not uh, asking for any donations. You're not even holding any sort of um, in-person fundraisers or anything like that. And I believe you identify as a social socialist Democrat. So um, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your political stance and what kind of flavor you'd bring uh, to a seat like this if you're elected. What kind of things you'd like to see uh, change or or accomplished under your couple months in office? Uh, thanks, John. Um, actually, I'm an independent, progressive, democratic, socialist. Make a okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a mouthful. Yeah, four words. I was close. <laughs> four words, better than four letters. So um, independent, progressive, democratic, socialist. That means I'm independent. As you said, I'm not um, fundraising. I'm not overly campaigning. I'm doing a lot of it on social media, as you know, and through podcasts, things like that. And I ask my independent supporters to be creative. If they want to make a window sign, that'd be great, or a lawn sign, or canvas with friends, or phone bank without my control or coordination or anything. They can do that on their own, which is great. I've seen a lot of creative stuff um, come out of it, which I'm very appreciative of. But just like with PACs, I can't coordinate or control or direct um, anybody supporting my campaign the way I've set it up. So that's the independent part. The progressive part is uh, moving towards uh, social reform in a variety of areas, not like this, but more like here's something we could do that'll make things better for us on a personal business, education, et cetera, level. And here's how we'd like to do it without too big a, a shock. Um, 
democratic socialist. I know we live in a democracy, you know, um, a republic, and I'm well aware that we're a capitalist society. So as a democratic socialist with social reforms, I would like to work within that system, but just make things better for a greater number of people. To, I mean, that's kind of gross oversimplification again, but that's kind of it. And I, I know you don't have that much time with the show, so I'm trying to boil it down. Well, I think it's great. You, you know, one of the things I was, we were talking about before we started um, was, um, you know, I run into people here in Nikiski. Nikiski is a very conservative town, probably much like North Pole is. And I run into people all the time that are just kind of like, screw it. I'm voting for Santa. Like this thing is just nuts. And so I think, I personally think you, you're the um, biggest contender that's not a Republican on the ticket. And so I think, thank, um, you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. What, you know, whether people know your platform or not is one thing, but you have the name recognition. So it's, 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 um, I run into people literally every day. They're like, screw this. I'm voting for Santa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, uh, I'm calling it the barstool vote. And, and, and I, I have the same thing, which is people sitting at the Fairview Inn and at the bar and they got a beer in front of them. They look at their ballot and they just say, this is ridiculous. I don't know any of these people. I'm not voting for Sarah Palin. She's a quitter. I'm voting for Santa. You're kind of the, the, the vote that, is the uh, maybe a little bit of a protest vote for some people who are just not uh, you know super voters are are the ones who go in and they study the issues they study the candidates and they're the ones who usually show up at the primary but this primary is a little bit different and it gives you a strong advantage because everybody's getting a ballot and that means not super voters as well as super voters i wanted to ask you about your uh, a couple of things uh your your pro-marijuana stance, which uh, something that Don Young also was very pro-marijuana. He was uh, part of the marijuana, the cannabis caucus. And also about this, um, this monk thing. I'm sorry to say the monk thing, but you are a monk. And I, I saw you in a robe. I didn't know what your denomination was. I didn't know what order you were related to, but I also understand you're a vegetarian. And so I thought, well, Let's talk about that a little bit. I want to talk about marijuana. And so let's talk about that first, and then we'll talk about your religious order. Okay. Um, with marijuana, I am a, an advocate for it. I'm not for children having it unless they have seizure disorders and their physician you know, recommends it for that. Um, I've, when I studied it, I came across uh, data that says our brains keep forming until we're about 27 years old. And then there's like a holding pattern. And I figure I'd rather be safe than sorry. So even though I didn't do it myself, um, I would advocate for marijuana for people 27 and, and older with medical exceptions for, uh, for instance, I have cancer or was diagnosed with cancer 10 years ago. And I use a combination of uh, CBD and THC um, edibles just before I go to bed at night. It helps me get a good night's sleep and it also keeps the cancer at bay, which it has now for more than a decade, which I'm grateful for. We all have um, cannabinoid receptors in our bodies. That's just a fact of life. So, and we actually manufacture a teeny, teeny, tiny little bit of it ourselves. So to introduce it from the outside for me, isn't that big a deal, but I, I do realize that what is on the market these days 
is far more powerful than it was when I was a kid. And it's sometimes there are other things put in with it, which aren't so good for you or anybody. Um, so I'm sticking to edibles. I don't recommend smoking to anybody, smoking anything to anybody. Um, and my dosage is so low that um, by the time I wake up in the morning, you know, my body has already you know, done whatever it's going to do with it. And I'm, I'm good to go. I'm not sure if that answers your question. But well, yeah, it does. It, does. it, makes, it makes perfect sense. And so uh, that is a very complicated topic. And I know that Don Young was really interested in expanding uh, cannabis legality from the federal level and decriminalizing it. And it sounds like you are in line with Don Young on that. Yeah, we, we had a great photograph of the two of us smiling and shaking hands. He came to North Pole City Council one day and to talk about a variety of things. And we wound up finding common ground, like I was saying before. And it was for cannabis, the Congressional Cannabis Caucus. It was for being pro-union. Some people are, some people aren't. Uh, it was for getting rail service to Alberta, you know, train for you know the economy, et cetera. And um, also supporting fisheries. So those are the four, four things or so that we read on right then and there. So subsequently I had plenty of good conversations, even though we probably had 90% disparate political views. Yeah, no, everybody agrees with everybody. So, I mean, 7 billion people on the planet and that many points of view. So that's where, that's where I come from. Well, okay. So then what is this about um, your being a vegetarian monk and uh, you've got a vow of poverty. And so you live sort of below the poverty line and it's by choice because obviously you've had a professional career and you came from a well-to-do family or a upper middle-class family as you described it. And you've chosen to live a life, a very meager life of poverty. What is the order that you're associated with and, and how did you come to become a monk? It's the order is called Anam Kara, A-N-A-M-C-A-R-A. It means soul friend in Gaelic. And I believe that the, to distill it again, I believe that the greatest gift is love and that we are to love one another and always find something to love in another person. Um, one thing that we sort of learn as monks, there, there's a dynamic and the dynamic is love versus fear. And you see it everywhere. Um, I lean more towards the love. Fear manifests itself as you know, hate or you know, fear of loss of something. You know, whether it's like between countries, for example, fear of loss of their resources, or they're going to go get somebody else's resources. So that's a whole fear, you know, versus love dynamic on a grand scale, which we're seeing play out a little bit right now, unfortunately for children and all of us. So um, with the monk part of it, and I have to qualify something you said, I'm a vegetarian, but I do eat salmon so what i say i have to have a balance of life they say so uh, i'm trying my best plus it's good for my body and plus we have plenty of delicious salmon so um why not uh so we have we have delicious caribou too but you know that means maybe maybe that's (laughs) (laughs) Um, i'm not against that i'm all for subsistence i'm all for uh those are things we have to protect now, the climate change, and you know, that's gonna have an impact on everything from permafrost to fisheries to you name it, unfortunately. And 
um, even the military is experiencing some of the impacts of the climate change already. And we have this, as you know, gigantic defense array up here since the Defense Department, not the War Department. So we're all set for pretty much anything Russia or any other country could throw our way. And um, I think it could use some more support, financial support up here, especially. And that's another thing that, um, speaking of common ground, uh, Dan um, Sullivan and I agree about some of the military stuff like um, decreasing suicides, uh, decreasing sexual assaults, finding adequate housing for military personnel, that sort of stuff. And even with Lisa, uh, challenges related to aging population, other common ground uh, issues. But for monks, we sort of try and relate to people on the love level, not the other stuff so Very good. much. Very good. Um, let's, start, let's turn to a really tough issue, which I've asked other candidates about, asked you about as well. And right now, as you know, Roe versus Wade is at a hot topic at the national level with the Supreme Court and the, the leak of the, the draft document that shows the Supreme Court has voted in the majority to overturn the 1973 landmark legislation that granted um, broad rights for abortion with, uh, with sideboards on it so that uh, states could not curtail abortions you know, too early in, or, too, or too late in the pregnancy. And uh, that looks like it's gonna be overturned and the Supreme Court is turning back to the states the authority to make their own laws about abortion, which creates a patchwork and, and creates other difficulties. And I wonder what your opinion is about this Supreme Court decision and the pending legislation that's in the, uh, it's in the Senate for this week about simply creating federal law from the, from the congressional level that allows the states to, it allows abortion, you know, nationwide, regardless of state lines. What are your thoughts about this? Well, I personally am uh, pro-choice. Um, I've read a whole bunch about viability of fetus issues. Um, I've read Roe v. Wade. Um, I'm for codifying uh, women's rights right now in Congress uh, to protect them. And I'm also well aware of issues that people bring up about organizations like Planned Parenthood, for example. Uh, most people don't realize um, when I was 40 years old, I decided I did not want to have children. And I went to Planned Parenthood and had a vasectomy. So Planned Parenthood offers a wide array of healthcare services for men and for women, not just a small portion of their work dealing with abortions. So with Roe v. Wade, um, if I had a, a uterus, I'd want to protect it. I'm male. So in my case, I think if people want to prevent abortions, why not um, think about things like uh, vasectomies for men, you know, um, that are reversible mostly. And I would approach it a different way through education and some other stuff if we want to prevent abortion. So I just have a different take on the entire issue. And if somebody was saying they're going to legislate um, something having to do with my uh, testicles or my penis, I'd be pretty upset about it. And I think a lot of women are. 
and I know they're both sides to the, the whole issue uh, having to do with Roe v. Wade, but that's kind of my general take on it. So that, so in this case, uh, I, I understand your pro-choice, and I'll make it my missions in life to convince you to be pro-life. But um, <laughs> but in terms but in terms of the um, sending it back to the states so that states have control over it, that's sort of a tenth amendment thing. We've got the privacy thing, which is the fourteenth amendment aspect, and um, and and then we look at the constitution, and there's really nothing in the constitution that even indicates that abortion was a, a, a topic for the constitution. We had privacy, yes, and we had states' rights. So right now we have these two things. Um, they look like they're going to throw out the Roe v. Wade because it is not constitutionally grounded and then send that as a question. Anything that is not covered by federal law is put back into the states. And that's what the constitution says. So, um, so could you support that at all, allowing that to be a state's rights thing? Well, in Alaska, as you know, for the last 50 years, we've had very, very strong privacy laws, hence issues with abortion, hence issues with um, marijuana and some other areas, communications, et cetera. And I sort of like my, I think if it were codified um, at the federal level, that would probably remove that from the state control. Although some states will always, you know, it's prosecutors, there are prosecutors in each state. Some prosecutors will prosecute, some people won't. Just a fact of life. You know, they're just, it is what it is. So that system at the state level is gonna, gonna um, I think, no matter what the federal law says, I think at state level, there's gonna be quite a few um, challenges. Well, here, here in Alaska, in our constitution, we have a, a privacy clause that we, we put in there. And then our justices uh, in our Supreme Court, who are pretty liberal and have been since statehood, interpret that to mean uh, a woman has a right to privacy. If she wants to have an abortion, she can have an abortion. So we have very liberal laws. We don't have a lot of abortion providers in the state, but we have very liberal laws um, uh, because it's supported through our constitution. So in fact, this decision, for those who are listening um, online here, this decision uh, at the Supreme Court, the US Supreme Court doesn't really affect Alaska because we have uh, a provision in our constitution already. You know, we're running out of time. This has been an amazing time with you. I've enjoyed it so much. Uh, let's talk about where people can find out more about your campaign for Congress. I know that you're, you're doing some things on social media and YouTube. How can people find out about you? Thank you. Uh, my website is santaclausforalaska.com. No E in clause, just S-A-N-T-A-C-L-E-U-S-F-O-R, alaska.com. And on Twitter, I'm... Santa Claus for AK. And I'd be happy if you visited both. Um, if you'd like to help with the campaigns, just please do it independently. Do whatever you'd like to do. You should have fun with it. You know, it should be something you enjoy doing. And I would appreciate your support, however, that comes in. But I'm not soliciting or accepting any uh, campaign contributions. Thank you so much. And the greatest gift is love. So that's why I like to see circulate out there. Thank you. John, what, yeah, one, of the, one of the things I'd, I'll, uh, I'll close with and, and then I'll make our sponsor 
and then you then can take it away. But I think, you know, if people listen to this, they've got to witness something that I think is is disappeared in America, and that's Santa Claus is pro-choice. And I couldn't disagree with them any harder. I'm super pro-life. And look at us. We're having a conversation. We're not screaming at each other. We're not yelling at each other. We're sitting down on Zoom, being okay to disagree and still finding other avenues in which we can talk about things that we could possibly, you know, have some agreement on. And I think that that's one of the things that's missing in America is that we've lost the ability to have a normal conversation and have iron sharpen iron. Uh, we've decided to throw a tantrum and said, and so I think that uh, it's moments like these that I think we need more of. And uh, anyways, I just want to thank Santa for coming on and want to thank our show sponsor, Charlie Pierce for governor. Charlie Pierce is a champ. He's one of the uh, coolest mayors I've ever met and he's running for governor and he sponsored our show. And, and we just want to thank him for doing that spreading conservative news all through Alaska with his sponsorship. Very good. Well, thank you everybody for tuning into the Must Read Alaska show and be sure to tune in on Wednesday when John hosts the show on his own. Last week he had uh, Representative Laddie Shaw on the show. That was great. And all of all of those uh, shows that we've done are up at our podcast locations. They're up, where, where are they? They're at Apple iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, the whole the whole gamut, right? Yep. Spotify, everything everything. So check, check those out there. There's a really good interview with representative Laddie Shaw and thanks uh, Santa for being with us on the show. Good luck to you and all your ventures. I hope I see you soon until next week, everybody we're signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Thanks Suzanne. Thanks John. Thanks must read Alaska.